You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Certain Sound. Hello my radio friends, welcome to the program today. From time to time there have been articles printed in magazines and journals casting aspersions against the Old Testament biblical record of places and events. However, as archaeological excavations on various sites in Israel and Palestine continue, these articles contradicting what the Bible says are disappearing because archaeology is confirming that the biblical record is correct. I, for one, do not judge the accuracy of the Bible from other sources. I judge the other sources of information from the biblical record. Time magazine published an article about Jericho and attempted to discount the Bible. However, diggings around the ancient site of that city have confirmed the Bible story as found in Joshua. Satellite photos have shown <clears throat> that where the city once stood is a large mound. Today, that site is called Tel Es Sultan. Excavations of the site reveal a network of collapsed walls that date to around the late 17th century or early 16th century BC. When the Israelite people left slavery in Egypt, God performed many miracles to rescue and feed them. Eventually the group, probably at least two million of them, came close to the borders of the Promised Land, the land they were to eventually occupy. Twelve men were sent out to reconnoiter and check out the land, which was occupied by pagan, pagan idol-worshipping people, including the Canaanites. The land, especially along the Jordan Valley, was very productive, and at the end of their journey the spies came back where the Israelites were camped with evidence of the land flowing with milk and honey. That's an expression. It was a large bunch of grapes, so big it had to be carried on a pole by two men. But there was a problem. Ten of the twelve spies reported that there were giants in the land and it would be impossible to defeat them in battle. This bad report caused God to become angry because he had provided for the people all across the desert trek between Egypt and Canaan. Because of their lack of faith in him, God made the people, instead of occupying the land straight away that he would give, continue as nomads in the desert for forty more years. During that time, the first generation of people died out. Well, that news wasn't received very well. Then, without consulting Moses and against the Lord's will, some of the people decided to take matters into their own hands and without God's help or approval 
went up into the hill country occupied by the Canaanites and Amalekites in order to do battle. But the Lord was not with them, and they were defeated. You know, there is a lesson to be learned from this incident, and it's this. If we are to prosper, and not necessarily financially, but in order to receive eternal life, it is important to do God's will. Well, you might ask, well, what's God's will for me? The answer is, you need to trust and obey. He's given all the information we need in the Scriptures. If we don't obey what he has given us, we cannot expect God to bless us. Forty years later, the Israelites, under the leadership of Joshua, crossed the Jordan River and began to take possession of the land. The first of the cities to be conquered was Jericho, a walled city with a circumference of several kilometres. Archaeological evidence reveals that it was surrounded by a stone wall 3.6 metres high and 1.8 metres wide at the base. And I'll read the biblical account of how Jericho was conquered from the New International Version of the Bible from Joshua chapter 6. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one went out. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. <coughs> so Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word, until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling at once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. 
The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So, on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, its idols, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who'd spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her, in accordance with your oath to her. So the young man who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. At that time Joshua pronounced this solemn oath. Cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest, he will set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the land. What made the difference between when the Israelites were defeated by the Canaanites and the Malachites and when Jericho was conquered? Well, the difference is that Jericho, the Lord, was with them. They acted according to his instructions, so victory was guaranteed. Some people think Jericho fell because at that precise moment there was an earthquake. Others have suggested it was because of resonance. However, 
although some may speculate as to the cause of the walls collapsing. Personally, I think it was a miracle performed by God. It was God's response to the people's obedience. Obedience to some might sound like a dirty word, but it is a response to love. If you don't respect someone, you'll not be inclined to obey them. And it concerns me that there are Christians who say they love God, but are not prepared to obey him. And love without obedience is a total contradiction. Well, just before the walls of Jericho collapsed, the priests blew a long, loud blast on their trumpets, a signal for everyone to shout. And shout they did. The trumpet blasts were a certain sound. In this case, certain does not mean distinctive, but sure and confident. We're going to have a little break here and go on straight afterwards. Troublesome waters, much blacker than night, are hiding from view. The harbor's bright lights, tossed in the turmoil of life's stormy sea, I cried to my Savior. Have mercy on me Then gently I'm feeling The touch of his hand Guiding my boat And safely to land Leading the way To heaven's bright shore Troublesome I'm fearing no more Troublesome waters Around me do roll They're rocking my boat And wrecking my soul Loved ones are drifting And living in sin The treacherous whirlpools Are pulling them in Then gently I'm feeling The touch of his hand Guiding my boat In safely to land Leading the way to heaven's bright shore Troublesome water, I'm fearing no more When troublesome waters are rolling so high I'll lift up my voice And to heaven I'll cry 
My Lord, I am trusting Give guidance to me And steady my boat On life's troubled sea Then gently I'm feeling The touch of His hand Guiding my boat And safely to land Leading the way To heaven's bright shore Troublesome waters I'm fearing no more Just before the break I mentioned to you that the priests blew a certain sound and that led to the downfall of Jericho and the success in battle for the Israelites. About half a kilometre from where I live is a school and they don't use trumpets to herald the children to end their playtime and go back to classes but have a sort of a musical siren. It has to be a certain sound, otherwise there'd be confusion. And in 1 Corinthians 14.8 is this statement. It says, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? Imagine thousands of years ago being in a large army of soldiers. You can see the glittering spears, swords, shields, body armour and the trumpeter. In those days, the trumpet would make a certain sound to signify that the soldiers should advance and another sound for the soldiers to retreat. No doubt the trumpeter would have stayed close by the commander of the army and been instructed as to when and what to sound. Amid the din and noise of battle, above the thundering of chariots and the shouting of soldiers, you hear a strangled trumpet blast that doesn't sound clear. You stop and wonder, was that the call to charge or to retreat? Suddenly you notice the rest of your comrades stumbling around in confusion. Some start to charge and others to retreat. The enemy, of course, makes the most of this moment and strikes a deadly blow. Now, what has the trumpet in battle thousands of years ago got to do with us today? The answer is probably found in Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 7. It says this, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. A watchman must signal the people of a city when danger approached. A trumpet or ram's horn was used as a warning device. So how does the trumpet sound apply to us today? It is to warn people that things will not go on like in the past forever. If we know that Christ is soon to come and that only the pure in heart shall see God, we are the ones to give the call for action. If we know these things and remain silent, 
then we're not being faithful watchmen. Now, personally, I accept this statement applies to me, but it also applies to any of God's faithful people. We are to warn people against sin and prepare people to meet God. The Apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3, 4, 10 to 14, this. He says, Above all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Based on the fact that the Bible is authentic and can be trusted, we do well to take notice of it. There is a day coming when God will raise his mighty hand and announce it's enough, it's finished, and life on this tired, polluted, sinful planet will cease. God's faithful people will be taken to heaven at the second coming of Jesus, and those who've not acknowledged him will be destroyed by the brightness of his coming. But we need to heed the words of Jesus found in Matthew 24, verses 36 to 44. But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night a thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So dear listeners, are you ready? Have you accepted Jesus' sacrifice and receive forgiveness of your sins? Are you living according to God's will? Have you forsaken your sins? Do you have the assurance of salvation? Has the trumpet sound been certain 
in your life for you to make a suitable response. If so, then you need to remain in a state of readiness to be prepared at all times to meet your God. And, listeners, it's my hope and prayer that you'll make it your first priority to meet Jesus. <laughs> 